Hi, this is Mo Oster, MISNY's Senior Vice President for Advocacy. I lead a team of lobbyists fighting for you in Albany and sometimes in Washington, D.C. This week, the New York State Senate and the New York State Assembly released and then passed their respective one-house budget proposal in response to Governor Hochul's proposed budget released in January and then amended in February. These position documents advanced by the Senate and Assembly set the stage for so-called three-way negotiations between the governor and legislative leaders to work towards passing an agreed-upon budget by April 1st. As a whole, there seems to be far less items of dispute between the governor and the legislature than in past years, so we are not expecting a delayed budget this year. But there are numerous items of interest to physicians in the state budget that remain under discussion. Importantly, both the Senate and Assembly agreed with a number of the governor's funding initiatives, including proposals to significantly increase funding for the Doctors Across New York Student Loan Repayment Program and to implement a 1% across-the-board Medicaid payment increase. Both houses also agreed with various initiatives to increase and maintain access to comprehensive health insurance, including increasing the upper income threshold eligibility for the state's essential plan health insurance program that provides coverage to those who make too much to qualify for Medicaid, and eliminating premiums for eligibility for the CHIP program for families with incomes less than 223% of the federal poverty level, and increasing to one-year postpartum coverage for Medicaid. However, for those policy issues proposed in the governor's budget, not necessarily tied to an appropriation, the legislature was more likely to reject what had been proposed by the governor. The Senate's budget proposal included language supported by Misney to require health insurers to pay telehealth services similar to comparable in-person services. The Assembly did not include this provision. Both one-house budget proposals did not include language contained within the governor's budget to make changes to New York's surprise bill law to ensure it meets the requirements of the federal No Surprises Act recently passed by Congress. Most of those changes had already been implemented through circular letters issued last December by the New York Department of Financial Services. While Misney does not object to formalizing these necessary changes to statute that have been advanced in the executive budget, it did oppose one aspect of that proposal, which is not required by the NSA, that would require the independent dispute resolution entity to consider the insurer's self-determined median in-network payment amounts. We have raised concerns that this new required data point for consideration will significantly alter the current balance in IDR proceeding, where the physician wins roughly half the time and the health plan wins roughly half the time. Moreover, that balance and concern it may lose put some pressure on health insurance plans to deal more fairly with in-network physicians so they don't go out of network. The One House budget proposals also did not include a proposal that would require the insurance carriers writing excess medical malpractice insurance coverage to be paid in two annual installments. Both One House budget proposals did not include language opposed by MISNI that would create further silos in healthcare by permitting pharmacists to perform numerous lab tests without physician coordination and proposals that would eliminate current statutory requirements for nurse practitioners to maintain 
collaborative relationships with physicians. The assembly budget proposal would instead permanently extend the existing law that requires nurse practitioners with more than 3,600 hours experience to comply with a simplified collaboration stamp that does not require a written practice agreement, but ensures that there are defined collaborative relationships with a physician practicing in the same specialty as a nurse practitioner. The Senate, on the other hand, indicated that each scope of practice deserves a robust conversation outside of the context of the executive budget. Both houses also did not include a proposal to transfer oversight of the several health professions from the Department of Education to the Department of Health. The Assembly also did not include a proposal to permit New York State to join the Interstate Medical Licensure Compact that 30 other states are already members of. The Senate, however, did include the proposal. This is one of those issues where physicians have differences of opinion. Some support the opportunity to provide care to patients out of state, including through telehealth, while others have raised concerns about health insurers attempting to meet network adequacy requirements with out-of-state physicians. Please remain alert for further requests for grassroots advocacy on many of these issues, particularly as the state legislature works with the governor for the enactment of a budget that will be passed in the next two weeks. Turning to upcoming educational events, we hope that many of you are planning to participate tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. in a program on how to be a peer supporter in Misney's peer-to-peer program with faculty Dr. Joe Shapiro. Moreover, the next Misney Medical Matters program will take place on April 20th and is focused on stresses and distresses in the time of COVID-19 with Dr. Craig Katz as the faculty. Please look to today's e-news for how physicians can register for these programs. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this podcast and for your ongoing commitment to MISNI and to your county medical society. We will speak again next week.